As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Allen, a superstar, bursting onto the scene. Play around with a bad football team, bad things happen. Roughing the passer. The game is over. Paul Allen. Nine to noon. Take care, Polly Wallace. Nine to noon. It's not a radio show. It's a love covenant. It's Paul Allen on the fan. Wish you a good night. Never heard of you in my life. Who's more insane than Paul? And we leave you on a good note. Hardcore baseball. Time for two more. Not much else to say. The mood swings. There are many, many positives I can get out of this game. Hey, good morning. It is 9 to noon on a Wednesday, a day after the Minnesota Twins played the White Sox. And guess what? It was Chicago that got stomped all night in our neighborhood. Think it felt real good to get stopped last night. Got a squirrel running all over the ballpark. Somebody was feeling kind of squirrely and they got stomped. We got money, money, money. as usual because the Southsiders got stopped last night by the twins in our neighborhood felt so good with that squirrel running you got stomped all night now hopefully somebody can stomp on Giolito today as we kick off 9 to noon on a Wednesday at FM 100.3 KFAN from the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios good morning this is your get stomped Leader, the fan, and KFAN.com. Available worldwide via the free iHeartRadio app. Nordo produces, and I'm Paul Allen. Good morning, hashtag faith family. Now last night, that's more like it. A drive to right field. It is deep, it is gone. A home run for Kepler. Number 34. 
42nd for the Twins this year. Woo, Fox Sports North. 14 will do. 14-4 win. Helps the old run differential. And we got a game today about three hours from now. So maybe those of you of the day-drinking, tailgating variety are heading down to Erotic City, where hopefully Giolito gets stomped. 14 runs. That'll do. Our new friend, Jensen Lewis. Well, he's probably sad. Jensen Lewis, if you missed yesterday's presentation or couldn't care less about the social media platform known as the Self-Inflation Leader, Former pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, 7-11, super nice guy, very smart baseball guy, Indians live, pre and post, a little braggadocious, like that fun, 9 to noon yesterday, 9-17, downloadable, love covenant on demand, kfan.com. He's our new friend. Yeah, he's our new friend. Like the bicycle wildfire is the best friend of my beloved Johnny the Mouse Mickelson. Jensen Lewis is our new friend. Bad night for Jensen, good night for us. Us, as in the Minnesota Twins. You see, around this neighborhood, it's we are us. We, our, us. Why? Because we do stuff like this. To left field. To the wall is Jimenez. Jimenez. Boy, it's just hard to know what to say about this big man. Fox Sports North. The big man around these parts, Nordo, is known as the mashing mercenary. Yes. So as much as you want to find angst, anguish, tumult, and or consternation about uh, Marcus Stroman pitching for the Metropolitans and didn't get a starter and didn't get the relievers that you wanted, I mean, fair credit is absolutely due. For housing the mashing mercenary. Everything, just put the starting pitching related trade deadline stuff out of the way. A year ago, the guns for hire didn't work out, whether it was Lance Lynn. It was Lomo that became slow-mo in Logan Morrison. This year, all of the moves that Mr. Falvey and Levine have constructed, concocted, executed on, and brought to this Minnesota Twins lineup... Are working out beautifully. Among the most scrutinized, though, the 38-year-old slugger. How much does Nelson Cruz have left at the back end of his prime and his career as he is now in the 30-plus club once again for the eighth or ninth straight year? Boomstick providing boom to target field nightly. Nelson Cruz, soy Pablito, listo when they throw fastballs. You are the mashing mercenary. Meanwhile, back at the ranch in the concrete jungle, an embarrassing Cleveland error led to this. A swing and a drive deep to right field. Puig's going to just watch it go. And it is gone right to the front of the Shea Bridge. A two-run homer for Michael Conforto. The Mets are leading by a score of 4-2. to two. Mets victory sounding better on WCBS Mets Radio Network. Now, this is with all due respect. Half because, games matter. Because 9 to noon does not like to be your tomato cans throwing 
leader from the upper deck. Orlando Mercado's the name. And cracking under the bright lights of the Big Apple. Well, that was the game. Bottom six. Big Apple. Broadway, ma'am. I mean, easy fly ball. Like in the business, they call it can of corn. The left fielder dropped it. Uh Uh-oh. Two batters later, bang, Conforto, home run, 4-2 Mets, Mercado, bright lights, tripping. I was ecstatically texting you as I think it was J.D. Davis that Mm -hmm. hit the two-run shot to give the Metropolitans the lead in the first place. Yes, sir. And it was Shane Bieber. You can't beat Shane Bieber, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, wait, the Mets... Feels like they haven't lost at home since May. They are as unbeatable as any squad in front of their own home crowd. And it freaked Mercado out. And the route was on 9-2. We're loving it. You don't drop easy fly balls on Broadway, main man. I mean, with all due respect, you can do it in, like, Miami or Arizona or Toronto or Seattle. Cool. Not in an original six city. No. I mean, copyright noon to three as we recant. It's the old Devin Setaguchi story from back in the day with the Minnesota Wild. It's a shootout. <laughs> You're playing Le Bleu Bon Rouge. You're playing a team that used to employ Ken Dryden and Guy Lavlore. Setaguchi sets sail for the shootout and he falls. He, he loses his edge. And I'm watching it and I'm like, ma'am. You can lose your lose your edge in Sunrise, Florida, or against the Arizona Coyotes, or even like an upstart Nashville franchise where it's not like super hockey sophisticated. You don't lose your edge and fall in a shootout in Montreal. No. You don't drop easy fly balls in the Big Apple, man. It's Broadway. We score 14. They crack under the bright lights of the NYC. So, we fade the music and fire up 9 to noon and say good morning. Hashtag Faith Family. Our squad is now three games clear in the division. The Mets have won like 11 of their last 12 at home. Probably, emphasis on the word probably, will beat the Indians again today. Why wouldn't they? I mean, you're cracking under the lights of the NYC. We need to beat Giolito in the matinee at Target Field. Because as the pr- producer so eloquently and adroitly said earlier in the presentation, every half game matters. You beat Giolito, jump up three and a half, and then let them sweat a little bit just off Broadway by something called the Shea Bridge. Bust this sucker open and run away by four. 9 to noon really wants the Twins to win the division. And tell me if you think this is ludicrous and or preposterous. 9 to noon really wants the Twins to win the division and finish with a plum. Finish with poise and finish full of fire and fury. Because if that's the case, there's a chance... It leads Rocco Baldelli to Manager of the Year. Manager of the Year! Out of nowhere, Dyson Romo! Might be front office of the year, given how we've praised Boomstick and all the other additions. Rocco Baldelli, Manager of the Year, if you bring this team 
from hideousness to the division title and right. the playoffs, uh, you would have to put them uh, and put him in that conversation. My guys sure. in the cornfields has it on the board. I think he'd be favored. I mean, you got uh, you got Boone, uh, you got uh, your guy in Houston, you got Rocco Baldelli. I mean, my guys in the cornfields would make the odds available. It's not an off the board equation, but they need to finish full of love, full of fury, full of fire, win the division, and finish with a plum. Now, Detroit is next on the entertainment docket, and that whole thing has functioning sweepability. By the way, last night, Ori Polanco hit a home run. Nine to noon happens to be really happy about that. Uh, four in the final two games at Texas. Main man who, in sneaky, low-key fashion, was struggling at the plate. He caught fire, and then he stayed hot despite the L on Monday, and he hit a home run yesterday. So happy he's getting hot at the absolute perfect time. It is so important to the covenant for Ore Polanco, the switch hitter, to be hot. Uh, Nelson Cruz happens to be our favorite mashing mercenary. He's executing his toil at the plate in second-to-none fashion. So, plus three in the division requires a clubhouse call in sneaky fashion to our communications friend Dustin Morse today. Feels like 1030, could be 1040. Clubhouse call, Dustin. Last time we did that, Miguel Sano happened to rap on the radio. Funky and fun. And uh, he hit a home run later that day, by the way. I think he didn't. Funky and fun personifies 9 to noon and this Major League Baseball team right now. Uh, plus three on the Cleveland Indians. Speaking of funky and fun, just like the Friday football feast, more on that in the next segment. For those of you of the feast-dwelling variety, Berkbit in studio today at 11. All the Vikings coordinators speak on the show today in the neighborhood of 10 o'clock. In the business, we call it Coordinator's Corner. Alas, there is more, including the producer suggesting the host and Rubes and Cubes prescribe to something called Gratterall. We will explain that at 935. TimberTech, TimberTech.com, What's on Deck 9 to Noon, part of the TimberTech set list. Nordo produces, and I'm Paul Allen. We are here at the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios at FM 100.3 KFAN. Good morning. 9 to Noon. The Fan. Programming on The Fan, brought to you in part by the great people at Quick Trip. Football feast. I got you here. I got you here. Could have been good times, bad times for the producer, the host, and the co-host. Could have been Old Soul Cafe, a Friday staple. But I got you here on this. feast. VA and charge. Fire away. you like me now i've been asked about 25 times over the last month via twitter face to face etc sir when the hell are you people going to get your bleep together at the fan and tell us rubes where we need to be for the 2019 friday football feasts at buffalo wild wings you have your wings you have your beer you got sports we got got nordo you got pa in charge 
You got He's So Wobby. You got Chad Greenway. You got all this stuff going on. We got Nordo back in the studio. Oh, yeah. Boom. That That's actually why, if people wonder why I'm not trying to push the schedule out there, I mean... I don't get why everyone's so excited about it. For for me, it's actually it's yeah. the loneliest day of the week. Yeah. Then I um then I snatched part of your Friday morning work schedule with the anticipated set list for the feast by eliminating one hit wonder and changing the fantasy flow to the Friday football feast. Yeah. Which you may like because I don't know maybe you get here a little later or whatever. But uh, I mean you do a really good job with the one hit wonders and stuff like that. No, I yeah, I really appreciate you asking me to do less. That's that's great. And, uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe I flare up with an extra weather report here and there. Yeah, maybe I repeat a vibe just to feel like I'm in the mix. Yeah, I like to leave it on cue so I can hear the the hum and the buzz, the fluttering of activity right. taking place at Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. Uh, you asking Jared uh, to raise your your headphone volume yeah. at least eight times every show. Ain't no doubt. Uh, so it feels like I'm close, although. Be it apparently based on the location, quite, quite far away. So close, yet so far away. Copyright Daryl Hall and John Oates. Fade the music, fire up the feast. Right, here's the deal. Uh, you can follow along if you are so inclined at kfan.com via the Paul Allen show page. It is the um, highly anticipated or quasi anticipated schedule release for the Friday football feast. It is a 9 to noon radio show, Buffalo Wild Wings, for an 11th consecutive year. Gets the money. Friday Football Feast, Buffalo Wild Wings, PA in charge. And um, the the schedule again, Paul Allen Show page, KFAN.com. I, too, would receive some tweets and some emails wondering when the schedule was going to come out. And the the majority of the people who were so inclined to correspond with yours truly, were those coming into Vikings games from other parts of the country. So it's like, I'm Sarah in Las Vegas. I'm coming to this game. I'm so-and-so in Oregon. I'm so-and-so in Colorado. Fred from Fargo. I'm I'm Cletus from Colorado. Nordo asked me to bring him some edibles. I met him at the preseason game last year, and and I wanted (laughs) to know what week worked best. I like the eye drop. So now the uh, now the schedule has been released for those of you interested in joining the Friday Football Feast, uh, which is, uh, in 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 my opinion, the ultimate pep fest for a Minnesota Vikings game here, there, and everywhere. Fridays nine to noon, um, and and we'll give you some. Um, we will offer up some attending pro tips along the way, and um, also kind of set the schedule for you a little bit. But it basically goes like this. Into the Falcons game, Friday football feast, Buffalo Wild Wings, Oakdale. So that sounds like bow hunting Burnsy, with all due respect, because he's a card-carrying member of the Love Covenant. Uh, bow hunting Burnsy having to jettison Dukes for a nondescript Friday of day drinking and come to Buffalo Wild Wings with his best friends. He'll tap on me for a table. He's a card-carrying member of the Love Covenant. And I will provide it for him. It goes like this. Oakdale, Dinah, Champlin, Chanhassen, Monticello, Coon Rapids, Crystal, St. Paul, Blaine, Elk River, Apple Valley, Roseville, Plymouth, Lakeville, Savage, Egan. 
Oakdale, Edina, Champlin, Chanass, and Monticello, Coon Rapids, Crystal, St. Paul, Blaine, Elk River, Apple Valley, Roseville, Plymouth, Lakeville, Savage, and Egan. First one's at Oakdale. The one in front of the uh, Lambeau Field victory, I mean game, is Buffalo Wild Wings, Edina. Uh, that will be September 13th. Bring your foam footballs to hit the uh, the head G's. Super special Cine, undoubtedly for two segments, uh, nearing the end of the presentation. Uh, before the Brent Musburger game, September 20th, Champlin. So we got an early season drive, but the weather's good. Uh, September 27th, Buffalo Wild Wings, Chanhassen. Oh, my gosh. Two things here. Beating the Bears with Wobble most likely will take place in the 11 o'clock hour, depending on his twin schedule. Secondly, Buffalo Wild Wings Chanhassen is one of the stores on the smaller side. So if you want to get a certain seat, then you know, it's like buy the speakers and you care about the show, uh, because with all due respect, and, and, and nobody as part of the Feast tandem is offended, but the majority of people there are there for the pep fest to capture the Vikings vibe, to get selfies with Greenway, and uh, and to hang out. And the radio show is it, it's it's ancillary for for the for, for its background, its elevator music ish for those on site. Maybe not for all of them, but certainly for some of them. So the uh, the beating of the Bears version, Buffalo Wild Wings, Chan has him uh, before the Pat Shermer game, Monticello. Bad drive for me, good drive for charge. Then uh, Coon Rapids before the Eagles, Crystal before the Lions. Buffalo Wild Wings, St. Paul, October 24th. Ooh, this is very, very controversial. Wait a second, is that day of? That's day of. I think we play Washington on October 24th, right? Hang on. Wow, so this is St. Whoa! this it's a is, game day feast. This is day of Friday football feast on a Thursday. And again, to repeat it for a 90th time from a 9 to noon standpoint, how unbelievably cool would that day be if Adrian Peterson, Case Keenum, and Washington are in town and like that day or night the Minnesota Twins have a postseason game which would probably be the American League Championship Series. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I mean, an opportunity to discuss for two segments the wizardry of Ryan Presley and how we haven't been able to get around our former guy Yeah, right into Zimmer's roots of blitzing corners on run blitzes to slow the creature as he tries to get loose at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, and let's say it's game three or four. That means that it would be a game at Target Field. Whoa! It would be a home Twins playoff game. A home Vikings game yeah. full <laughs> of miracle and uh, and uh, and Adrian Peterson-related nostalgia. That would be a big time sports day. Uh, we have a uh, we have an aggressive Friday football feast uh, related change at Buffalo Wild Wings. Generally speaking, Blaine gets the feast the uh, day after Thanksgiving. That's not the case this year, but Blaine, you do get paid uh, because November first, the Friday football feast, PA in charge at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Blaine. This is an incredibly meaty talker. Hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we're eight games into it at that stage. 
I mean, off the conversations, off the microphone, you and I have had about the Viking schedule. Yeah. I mean, lose at Bears, maybe not lose the others. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What if the team's seven and one into the Mahomes game? Oh, oh my God. What if you're seven and one into the Mahomes game? National media in town. Yeah. Maybe Adam Schefter will be kind enough to uh to take a fan provided limo to Buffalo Wild Wings Blaine <laughs> so he can speculate on the potential of a Vikings Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl matchup mission Miami. Schefter and Blaine with you in charge. Get him a high chair. Oh, that's also like week one of the NBA season, and he's a massive fantasy basketball rube. So you get fantasy hoops. Now, is it too early in the season for them to flex that game (laughs) to the 305 or the 325 or the 720? A 7-1 squad versus, without looking at the Chiefs schedule, they're 7-1 at that stage. Feels like 7-1. Super Bowl heat check. (laughs) Super Bowl heat check at Buffalo Wild Wings Blade. So that's Blaine. Then after that, Buffalo Wild Wings Elk River into the Cowboys game. Sneaky tough part of the schedule for uh, your Minnesota Vikings. Now, from the Washington game to the Kansas City game, you do get an extra few days because it's a Thursday into a couple of Sundays. That's cold because you need extra time for Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. After that, it's at KC, at Dallas. Sneaky patch. Elk River, November 8th. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Apple Valley, November 15th. That's in advance of the uh, Broncos game. Then the Vikings have a bye. Out of the bye, they play Seattle on Monday Night Football. The day after Thanksgiving feast this year, Buffalo Wild Wings, Roseville. Black Friday. Black Friday, Roseville. That's November 29th. Uh, Then the Final Four in front of the Lions, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Plymouth. Uh, Then Lakeville, December 13th. Savage, December 20th. And Egan, December 27th before the season finale against the Chicago Bears. Do you ever analyze a feast schedule the same way that as a Vikings fan I might analyze a Vikings schedule? From the standpoint of, you know, from that Washington game through the Dallas game, you want to talk about tough road trips. Mm -hmm. You're headed to St. Paul. You're headed up to Blaine. Then you got to take the hook uh, on 94 up to Elk River. Yeah, You know, feasts typically go undefeated with PA in charge. That is a tough road stretch for the host of 9 to Noon. It's uh, very interesting you would ask that, and it's very inside business slash inside radio. But the weather from a precipitation and or snow standpoint has a tendency to turn around Thanksgiving. So thereafter, the roads can get a little dicey. So the Buffalo, the Friday football feasts post-Thanksgiving, courtesy of our favorite football team, well... Plymouth, Lakeville, Savage, Egan. They're all relatively easy traveling destinations. It's nice when you get to fix the schedule. Now, um, Chad Greenway will be on the Friday Football Feast, courtesy of Grey Duck Vodka, each and every week. That will be 9.15 to 10. We have a different approach to fantasy football this year. Outside of the one-hit wonders we have done for many years, we think you'll enjoy that. And um, we also have NFC North-related stuff that we're going to be doing this year we previously haven't done, and so on and so on and so on. So if you're looking for the Friday Football Feast schedule, 
Uh, PA in charge at Buffalo Wild Wings beginning September 6th at Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale. Bow hunting Burnsy, see you there. Chad Greenway, undoubtedly on site at 915. It's KFAN.com. It is the Paul Allen Show page. Back to the Minnesota Twins after this. It's PA. Football feast. Football feast. Football feast. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. The Fan. I cannot believe it. The Minnesota State Fair is right around the corner. Come see us as the fan broadcasts live throughout the fair starting tomorrow all the way through Labor Day. It's powered by our friends at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. You can find out how you can be our Fratelloni's Rube of the Day and win prizes. And all you got to do, like many of you do every single year, is stop by and see us at the great Minnesota get-together. You can buy your shirts. You can be the Fratelloni's Rube of the Day. You can listen to the radio with us. Hang out in the grandstands. We love you for it. Uh, just get to KFAN.com keyword events. And the clump cracks open tomorrow, 9 to noon, at the uh, State Fair, PA and Nordo. Uh, we will be there bright and early preparing the uh, nine-segment uh, tour uh, that makes up tomorrow. So uh, stop by Carousel Park tomorrow next to the uh, Grand Stand uh, and uh, say hello to 9 to noon. Uh, we are particularly excited to uh, meet each and every member of the Hashtag Faith family, uh, the best radio listeners in the world. Always stop by to say hello to uh, 9 to noon. Uh, we are the first show at the State Fair, per usual. That is tomorrow. And if you uh, happen to be at the fair tomorrow, interested in uh, sitting in the bleachers and uh, listening to guests du jour, uh Ryan Saunders, coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, will be with us at 9.35. So, uh, we're going to start off messing around. Then we're going to chat some Minnesota Vikings, specifically about this Arizona game, Nordo and I. Uh, that'll make up a couple of segments. Then, T-Wolves head coach Ryan Saunders, on air, on site, on demand, and on fire at 9.35. Golden Gophers football coach P.J. Fleck for two segments beginning at 10 o'clock. So that's like a 10 to a 10 to 5. Uh, Nordo will figure out the 10 3 5. <laughs> then at 11 o'clock, uh, the Twins techie, Aaron Gleeman. Uh, he, uh, he will be on air, on site, on demand, and on fire. Feels like the Thursday 10 3 5 is that much ballyhooed NFC East preview. Could be. Techie, 11 o'clock. Aaron Gleeman, editor in chief, baseball prospectus. The only two time visitor. To the nine to noon stable during the state fair run, uh, he will be joining us tomorrow, then a week from Friday. So uh, a lot of twins talk, baseball talk, and frivolity with the techie tomorrow at eleven a.m. Can't wait. Speaking of the Minnesota Twins, the producer of nine to noon intrepidly texted me yesterday, or texted me yesterday. Are you interested in a prescription of Gratterall? And I'm like, what? I'm chilling in the sinkhole right now, about ready to head over to the racetrack barns to say hi to Gina Baby and feed her some carrots. Yeah, the chill of Gratterall probably would be cool right now if it helped, if, you know, if it's going to like not keep me up all night. And he goes, no, 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 no. In the 935, which has turned into the 943, I am going to explain to you how we all need a prescription of Gratterall. Take it away. 
This uh, this is not a, a prescription coming in the form of sitting in a bathroom stall with a trainer taking a needle of anabolic steroids to the butt here, PA. I'm talking about the juice that is bruised Dargat Gratterall turning 21 on Monday, moving him up to the big club. That's what I'm looking for. Well... I want to light the campfire with a flamethrower, right. PA. And we've heard his name for quite some time. I mean, it's along the lines of the Lewis and the Kirilov and, and, and Gordon and, and Gratterall. We, we've heard that name for quite some time. I would imagine I'd venture to guess he would be part of the super special September call-ups. But maybe, why wait? Maybe with this new regime... You you can't guess who exactly is going to be part of the September call-up bit. I mean, like yesterday on Twitter, are you familiar with the name Nick Anderson? I am, yes. All right, is is it Tampa or Miami? It's one of the two. Ah, damn it. So, like, I'm I'm gravy training Doogie's tweets. Um, the intrepid Doogie, uh, my beloved. This is it's PA. It's the Lions, and like Anderson was part of our covenant, like didn't get a call up. Yeah, he's with the Rays now. He's from Crosby, Minnesota. Right, left, and then now he's just like kicking ass for the Rays. So it's copyright Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the love we lost. But then, like, I'm reading all this stuff, and it was, you know, there were just some some weird non-call-ups last year. So just keep that in mind before you attempt to fill your prescription of Gratterall. Yeah, the thing, the thing for me on this, PA, is... I want to go back to 2002 because it's about catching lightning in a bottle for this particular franchise. Sweet. And I want to go back to 2002 as the Anaheim Angels are in the absolute meat grinder of an AL West pennant race with the Oakland Athletics. And despite winning 99 games, they finished West, uh, finished second to the A's. Yeah. But what did they do? They brought up a little-known 20-year-old by the name of Francisco Rodriguez. K-Rod, though. Wow. They got to go to Yankee Stadium as the wild card. Oh, we got some K-Rod steam. This is sweet. Where K-Rod brought the absolute heat. Now, in his first postseason appearance, I'm not trying to make him sound like he was perfect here, Mm -hmm. Uh, he gave up two runs at Yankee Stadium. Uh, the the Angels still got out alive with a two-run victory uh, in that game. Now, he proceeded to rattle off 13 straight innings over eight appearances of scoreless ball, wow. a total of four hits, and 20 Ks in said 13 innings. Damn. This guy was brought on to pitch the eighth inning of Game 7 in the World Series where he struck out the side. Wow. And you remember Troy Percival with the weird colored glasses, and the Angels won, they beat up on the Twins, all of that. We get all of that. Mm -hmm. But it's about a spark. And as I said a couple of minutes ago, I want to light the campfire with a flamethrower. 40-man roster, there's a purpose to it. Mm -hmm. There's a purpose to the red-eye flights back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between Rochester and Minneapolis. Now, Bruzdar Gratterall starts out the year as a starter, pitching five innings here, five innings there. Hurts his shoulder. He's out for a couple of months. He's come back now in relief-related duties, hasn't allowed a run since. Wow. 
Exciting news, a couple of days ago, the 20-year-old has now been pushed up to AAA Rochester. Wow. That's good news. Last, it's, last, it's on the horizon here. It is, exactly. So the last time he pitched was the 17th, and, uh, and he was fantastic for the Blue Wahoos down in Pensacola. But now, looking at the AAA, I believe they're hosting Buffalo for the next uh, couple of days in Rochester. It's uh, it's Food Week at Frontier Field, by the way. So go to your <laughs> Rochester Red Wings games. Uh, and then they're at Syracuse. So potentially as early as tonight and into the weekend, we will get to hear about Bruzdar Gratterall taking uh, the mound and pitching for the Rochester Red Wings. And my statement to this, and you mentioned it with the new regime, why wait until September? Three games ahead of the Indians. Hopefully they get beat by Stroman tonight. I think it's Cindergaard tomorrow. So they get swept by the Mets, and we take care of business against the White Sox and Giolito today before we uh, take on Detroit. But right now, on his 21st birthday, taking place on Monday, bring this kid in now. We know what we have on this 40-man roster. You heard of Cole Stewart? So have I. You heard of Lewis Thorpe? We know who he is. Stashak and Smeltzer and Fernando Romero, Sean Poppin. We know all of these names that have come in and come out of the bullpen. There's absolutely no reason, in my opinion, that you would wait for the 20-year-old to make his first appearance. I, I'm not a big no-reason guy because I just don't know enough about the particulars of, of like, well, first of all, it, it it plays a little bit into the to the Mike Boone, Alexander Madison, Kyle Sloter, Sean Mannion type conversation, where like I just I was really really surprised yesterday not not to completely turn this into Vikings fan line, very surprised that I saw some people and it's an opinion, but they're like Boone greater than Madison off what they've seen in two preseason games. Yeah. Where, I mean, I mean, with all due respect, Alexander Madison has started two games, and he's going against the ones yep. for both teams, including Seattle and your guy Puna Ford. So Boone going against the threes should chew up the threes. Let's let it play itself out. Gratterall versus that level of competition compared to the level of competition I do believe he eventually will be facing. The, the reason I – so so when it comes to the, quote, no reason, end quote – if he's not up now, there have to be reasons. And they may not be reasons to which we are privied, but like with an asset like that and yours truly being of the slow burn variety, I got the ever sweepable Tigers on the horizon. I'm cool. And then after that, I got the White Sox. I'm cool. And then the Tigers again. I'm cool. It's like, so after that, now it's September 3rd. I'm going to Beantown. Yes. Let's go. Correct. Yeah, give me, um, yeah, yeah, uh, doctor. I need uh, a prescription of Gratterall for that plane flight to uh, to Boston, and I need it right now. Yeah. So that that like long play wise, that's the way I would look at it. And I and I want him to get a couple of trips in Rochester, but I want him as the Minnesota Twins start a ten game road trip. You mentioned it, Chicago, yeah. Detroit, Boston. Well, you can get dreamy about this thing, too. I want Bruce Dargratterall yeah. to be the guy that you mix in with the combination yeah. of Dyson, Romo, and Rogers. Picture yeah. the concept of, 
okay, we got the Wiley veteran, has three rings with the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. throwing these weird these weird balls over the plate that look like Frisbees to right-handers. Yeah. Okay, now I got maybe, you know, there, there might be one other guy in Major League Baseball that can consistently throw 101-102 for the balance of an entire inning. That's what that, he does? Yes. Whoa. That's what he does. He hit 103 the other day in his most recent appearance down in Pensacola. So you're saying Andres Munoz this butt. I'm saying Andres Munoz, we'd love to have you, but we don't need you. But we might already have you. Because we're on the juice. And he comes in the form of yeah. Bruzdar Gratterall. He'll yeah. mix in the slider. This is a kid that comes in and knows nothing different. He just knows how to throw absolute missiles yeah. at the plate. And mixing that in with the talent we already have, I don't need to see Zach Littell anymore. I get it. I love Duffy. If we need him, we'll use him. I'm cool with Duffy. But you picture situations where we have starters that are leaving middle of the fifth inning, and we got to go three to five relievers deep to finish out a game. And I know what Ryan Harper can do. God bless him. Cool story. Making his debut at age 29. That's all right. Bring the kid in. Give him the opportunity now so we know what we have, and potentially on October 24th, as we're game day feasting we're, a Washington Redskins game. It's day two of the, it's potentially game two of the World Series. It's potentially game two. They're out in L.A. hanging out in Dodgerstown, and we're wondering if Bruzdar Gratterall is going to clean up the seventh inning. Yeah, I like the approach a lot. Um, I absolutely, from a gut feeling standpoint, great talker for the Techie tomorrow, 11 o'clock at the Clomp. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see it not taking place in September. And if it if it doesn't take place, I'd really like to know why it doesn't. As of right now, you know, it's it's personally speaking, I don't really, with the way the schedule shakes out, I don't see any need to rush that asset if you don't have to. Specifically with the fact that I think Duffy's going well. May's going incredibly well right now. So in a long play marathon esque type bit, you 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 know three three pieces of Trevor May consistency does not an answer make right. And Dyson Romo and Rogers ain't going anywhere. Correct. So when I say this thing can be a little starry, I mean this thing can be a little glitzy. It can be it can it can it can just have some national appeal to it. Why I say that is because the Twins are going to the postseason. Yes. And 9 to noon has, in, in, in non-homorific fashion, knowing what the schedule looked like, knowing the players that were coming uh, back, um, Buxton hopefully in two or three weeks or whatever, but like Cruz is back, Pineda's back, the whole thing. Not, 9 to noon never is yielded from the, from the Twins winning the American League Central. And, and that goes back to August 12th, 13th-ish, with uh, the braggadocious Jensen Lewis, and like, come on, man, seriously, A, look at the schedule, B, bet me a grand, because they're not losing the division. <laughs> now they're up three, might be four at the end of the day today, if we can handle Giolito. So with all of that said, pull away a little bit, continue to cultivate the asset. Let the asset mature okay. against those that are not on his level. And then, if you really want to get splashy, bring in Joe Buck. And when do you bring in Joe Buck? Big postseason games that are nationally televised. And here comes Bruce Dark Ratterall. And you got Buck and Aikman rhapsodizing not only the farm system, <laughs> but Troy. 
where did this guy come from? He reminds me of Dylan Batansis. He reminds me of an old-school Jabba Chamberlain. And then Troy's like, Joe, I'm going to take it a step farther. Let's go back to 2002, what the Anaheimers did in the postseason. You familiar with K-Rod? That's who he is. K-Rod! Yes! He's he's G-Rod! He's V-Rod. So, that's my take on it. And when you get to the postseason, got a nationally televised game with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Pam Oliver uh, in the camera well adjacent to the one of the dugouts, and they're just singing the praises of the kid busting it up there at 102, out of nowhere, under the cover of darkness, managed perfectly hmm. because the A topic for postseason games, and 9 to Noon has mentioned this a zillion times, and it is a thing. Postseason baseball is a five-and-fly game. Yes. If you can get six, cool. But if you get a good five and you're winning and or it's tied, then that's where you need Duffy and then Gratterall and then Dyson and then Romo and then May or May and then Romo or May and then Duffy. And Rogers And close it out with Rogers if, it, if it's a team full of lefties. Oof. And Gratterall, the prescription needs to be part of the mix. So Buck... Aikman and Oliver can sing the praise. All I know is that it is a short flight starting next week. As he turns 21 years old, will he meet the team in Chicago? Will he take a couple of days off, meet him in the Motown City? Or, shortest of them all, Rochester to Boston on a red eye to make memories as a 20-year-old for the Twins. Back to the Minnesota Twins about 35 minutes from now uh, when we uh, sneakily call the clubhouse to chat with our communications conduit and um, have him pass the phone to a luminary to prepare you for the Giolito game. When we return, it's Coordinator's Corner. Uh, Defensive Coordinator George Edwards, Offensive Coordinator Kevin Stefanski, and Special Teams Coordinator Marwan Malouf. Uh, They share their thoughts on uh, where we've been, where we are, and where your favorite football team is going. That's around the corner from Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. 9 to Noon returns after this. It's PA. You know, I remember when you were just on a crummy little AM signal. Weekdays 9 to Noon on The Fan. Hey, register for your shot to win Premier Boxing Champions tickets. To see boxing at the Armory on August 31st. KFAN.com, keyword contest to enter. And additionally, just a reminder, your next chance to go to the iHeart Music Festival, it's coming up right at the end of this segment. So listen to the fan for the keyword. You'll text it to 200-200. You'll get your chance to win. So just stay tuned to this segment for that as well. Getting paid in Miami Dade. 54th times the charm. Tell me something good. Tell me that you love me. Tell me something good. Me that you like. 
So your um, your Gratterall related segment uh, was very intriguing and compelling to me. Um, so I reached out to somebody I know who I trust. You know, when it comes to potential, not only call-up time for the flamethrower to complement a part of the game that is undoubtedly incredibly important now, yeah, but markedly more important nearing the end of the season and in the postseason. So the way it was put to me is, I'm feeling this. I'm not reading from a correspondence. I got you. I absolutely am feeling a September call-up will happen. And that... Yes! Well, I mean, that that may be like, great, sunsets in the West. I'm telling you, it's not necessarily the case all the time when you're dealing with high-end assets that they want to mature at the proper rate so you don't burn somebody out, put them in a bad spot, lose their confidence, and like change the whole thing, you know? I understand. So the, the September bit, I feel really good about that. But getting used to the level of, like, like when you mentioned he's with Rochester. All right, I'm tripping right now. When did he get to Rochester, and has he pitched there yet? Two days ago, has not, uh, okay. has not pitched yet. A topic. That's the A topic for G-Rod. Got to get a couple of appearances against this competition because we're not we're not you know we're not editors in chief of baseball prospectus you know we're not minor league correspondents we're not Marshall Kellner with Fort Myers I guess from Double A to Triple A is a massive change in competition so obviously from Triple A to the bigs is another massive change in competition. But I'm I'm just reading between the lines here from like whatever it's called low A single A high A whatever then to double A some similarities there yeah so like do well here should do well here when 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 you go from double A to triple A specifically doing what he does and you're going against some hitters who by the way also are on the cusp of September call ups. Uh, this is key. So, so basically, let's get you know, let's get. It, it would be more than one. And again, it, it's a long play game with somebody who's just turning twenty one. Feels like three, four, five, six. Let let's get like six, seven outings or whatever versus the jump of the next level, and then bring him into the covenant, unveil him, let Pam Pam Oliver do a pregame feature on him. Uh, for when games are on Fox, have Troy Aikman compare him to K-Rod, and uh, have Joe Buck sing his praises in a nationally televised game. Uh, if I got to wait a week for the flamethrower, if I got to wait a week and a half, ultimately I'm cool with that. Yeah, I just want to make sure by the beginning of September that I have an opportunity to see Mr. Gratterall in a Minnesota Twins uniform yeah. and finally get the opportunity to see what 102 looks like coming off the arm of a Twins pitcher. And I still think, I mean, I love the three that we got, Romo into, into Dyson, into Rodgers, all of that. Yeah, We need more. We need more. Hell yeah. Because what I'm seeing is this starting rotation limps its way to the finish line here. Yeah, Barrios probably needs, speaking of weeks, he might need a week off, Barrios, 
and Odorizzi's fighting every single pitch to the death. Gibby's Gibby. Big Mike, you know, we got what we could out of him yesterday. And then, uh, of course, Perez. Uh, it's going to be, you say five and fly in October, it's five and fly in August right now for the Minnesota Twins. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you with Odorizzi, and I'm going to believe in the long play game he has turned the corner. Two starts ago, he went six and gave up zero earned runs. And over the weekend, or when he went toe-to-toe with Mike Miner, he gave up three earned runs through six, but... I thought Odorizzi was really, really good in that game. He's trended upward maybe the last two or three straight starts. Last last two for me. I mean, if you look at it, last four from afar, acceptable. Last two have been, okay, the dog is back in you, and now the whole thing's starting to bark. So, um, so, But Odorizzi goes today, and he's got a match drives with Giolito. I mean, your guy, Lucas Giolito... He has 24 strikeouts his last two games. Yeah, he's on fire. I mean, baseball, the beauty of baseball, there there are so many different aspects of baseball that make it so beautiful over the long haul. First of all, it's the long haul. Secondly, it's the way the the waves roll in. Sometimes it's high tide. Sometimes it's low tide. Sometimes the water is glassy. And it's like for Giolito, cat's ass fell off right back on his game right now. 24 strikeouts the last two. So uh, coming up very shortly, we uh, we have Coordinator's Corner. Uh, it'll be uh, Vikings offensive. Well, we, we, we will carry for sure uh, defensive coordinator George Edwards, offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. And um, if time, uh, if we have time, you know, because we got breaks here and segments and everything, uh, special teams coordinator Marwan Malouf. Uh, those are all around the corner. In advance of a um, Saturday noon game against the Arizona Cardinals, pregame at 10 a.m., uh, the Arizona steam is that first overall pick in the draft, Kyler Murray. Um, w- he'll play extensively in that game. That's no surprise there. But the the thing that I heard a lot yesterday at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center after Vikings practice is Cliff Kingsbury, the new coach for Arizona, you know, we we yesterday were talking a little bit, joking about that air raid bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the way he wants to run his offense, whether it works or not, the I'm not going to compare it to Chip Kelly, but a really up tempo, three, four, and five wide receiver sets all the time. David Johnson all over the place. Uh, Andy Isabella all over the place. Then you got Larry Fitzgerald Jr. and of course Kyler Murray and and. Tight ends in Ricky Seals-Jones and Max Williams that they like, but they don't necessarily like them together a lot. So Arizona has not shown hardly anything through two preseason games that insiders think will resemble what the regular season looks like. Now, there are two ways to look at that. Can, Can you be overthinking it and hide too much, or... Do you eventually want to show some things that are going to make this new quarterback comfortable? More on that coming up later. Let's go to TCO. Here's the D.C. I, I think he's done a good job. Anytime he's been around close, you know, down near the box, he's done a great job uh, as far as his reads, as far as runs, play actions, and all those types of deals that we ask him to do. He's done a good job when we go into that package. And, uh, you know, even in our sub package, when he's back at safety and he's come down, dropped down, he's done a good job. 
side of that, we talk about safety linebacker hybrid combo so often, and with the number of linebackers you have here, is there a way kind of to flip that and expect that some of those linebackers who can play hybrid roles might be able to help out maybe with some of the depth concerns on the back end? Yeah, I mean, from package to package, we ask guys to do certain things as far as adjustments to what the offense has happened. What's happened over the last couple of years for us is we've just faced so many three-wide formations from the offense. So what we try to do is look at the skill set of players we've got and put them in the most advantageous position to be able to help us out with the matchups from week to week. George, how good is it to have I mean, you got Shamar back last week, got Linville back as a full participant. So, really, you got your full starting defense intact. How good is that now moving forward? Yeah, it's, it was good. Linville got work yesterday. Uh, it was good to see him getting back out there in the mix. And Shamar, you know, has been working the last couple of weeks. So, we're, we're excited, you know, getting those guys back and getting them to work and just look to them to keep getting better throughout the rest of uh, our time here in the preseason. You guys, you know, two years ago, obviously, were number one in the NFL in both total and scoring defense last year fourth and ninth. What do you got to do to get back to the level you guys played at two years ago? Well, I think Coach Zimmer hit on it the other day. I mean, when you look at us last year, we gave up a lot of big plays, especially early in the part of the season. So we need to focus on those things, focus on the technique and fundamentals. It's not so much just focusing on the ranking. It's about coming out here every day, getting better, knowing the situations, knowing the things we're trying to get accomplished in those situations, and then going out and executing when it comes to game time. Have you seen Fadi Adenigbo grow as a pass rusher? Uh, Fadi's done a good job throughout camp. He did a good job this offseason. Uh, you know, from where he started and where he is now, it's like night and day. We just look for him to keep continuing and moving him around, you know, inside, outside, those types of deals as far as pass rush. So we just look for him to keep, you know, continue and improve and, you know, be able to transition those things to the game and, and be able to see his effectiveness in the pass rush. What has he been doing more now? I think when he first came in, because of the position difference, I, I think he was doing a lot more thinking of, you know, we had him inside there at defensive tackle when he first started, then we moved him back outside to the defensive end, and now I think he's kind of relaxed, playing, being able to have that position flex to move from inside to outside, outside to inside and situational, you know, defenses that we put him in, and I, I think that's the biggest thing, is his experience in it, understanding what it is, technique and fundamental-wise that we're looking to get out of you know what we're asking him to do, and uh, it's really just improved. You can see him out here working his butt off. I mean, he works as hard as anybody throughout the offseason and, you know, throughout the training camp. So we're just looking for him to continue to be consistent, come out here and uh, work. That's the big thing. You take a defensive end and move him inside on, like, third downs and other passing downs. What does that player need to have to show you that they can handle an interior pass rush? Well, the big thing, everything happens faster because those guards are right there on you. So the realization of understanding the different protections, the different jump sets by the guard, the different things that they're trying to do, it's just going to happen that much quicker than when you're out there on the, at defensive end. So that transition of understanding, number one, what we're trying to get accomplished, technique and fundamental from an inside push, to you know what they're going to do offensively to try to attack us is a combination of those things. What have you seen from Hercules when it comes to technique improvement over the past few weeks? We think he's really done a good job throughout the you know the off season and carrying over into the training camp, and uh, just you know he's done a lot 
with with first and second down, playing a three technique against the run, those kind of things, which was a question mark. I think he's done a heck of a job there. But the big thing we want to just see him continue to progress in is the pass rush inside. I mean, he's got great quickness. He's going to be fast on the guards real quick. So we just look for him to keep improving that inside with his inside pass rush. Was it encouraging to see Armin get that immediate push right up the middle the second he won the game? No, no doubt about it. You can just see how much since he's been here he's grown to what we're asking him to do. And now it's translating over into the game. You can see it, the transition from practice to the game to where it's sort of settled down for him and he's working the fundamentals and the techniques that we're working inside. So I, I think that's the biggest thing for him is just keep being consistent, keep working, and those things will continue to improve. Preparing to defend a guy like Kyler Murray, prepare you for you know facing mobile quarterbacks during the season? Yeah, I mean, he, I, I'll tell you, this guy can really get out and run and uh, is very efficient in throwing the football. So we, we've got to be a good in our rush plan this week to make sure that he's not out scrambling a bunch and also do a good job with coverage underneath. So it, we always say, you know, pass rush and coverage go hand in hand. So we got to do a great job in both departments right there to keep him bottled up. What have you seen from uh, Ben Abbott and Wickery since he's arrived? Uh, you know, we started him outside and sort of have been working on a combination of outside and inside. Last week he played a lot more inside, which, you know, he's done a lot of in the past. And we're just looking for him to keep steady and improving. You know, we only we know he's been here a short while and we've put a lot on his plate. But I'll tell you, he comes to work every day, he digests, he asks good questions in meetings, and just want to see him being consistent throughout what we're asking him to do from, from practice to practice. That's it. Thanks. George Edwards, defensive coordinator, Minnesota Vikings. Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator, coming up, uh, coming up very soon. In fact, they uh, they generally go boom, boom. So I'll look for your signal over there. Just waiting to hear uh, the OC start talking. So the the uh, the steam yesterday was um, it, it it was fantastic. Um, they expect Arizona to show more regular season type offense this weekend, which is cool. Uh, Kyler's incredibly fast. Throws off his back foot from uh, some stuff I watched yesterday. A little more than I thought. It, it's I'm you know it was just weird to see. Very strong arm. Um, secondly, Elon offensive lineman Oli Udo really really performing well and improving game by game. Seventy four, uh, seventy four on the field. Uh, perhaps one day number one in your hearts. Uh, so uh, so follow his progress in the second half of this game, and I would imagine he would play quite extensively in the uh, Buffalo Bills game. We bring that up because he's part of Minnesota Moving Company, which forever is the A topic until it's one of the best in the game. Uh, Drew Samia, the rookie from Oklahoma, uh, he continues to advance nice, nicely. Brett Jones represented incredibly well in the second half at guard. But, you know, going over the top on that is certainly not in in the same vein as going over the top on 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 Mike Boone and his second half performance or you know the ever emerging uh, talker between Sloter and Mannion but you know when you are playing when you are against certain twos and nothing but third stringers if you if you're good you're supposed to dominate which which is what Boone is doing it's what Brett Jones did in that Seattle game you know, one guy that I just want to hear more about and maybe see more from, and maybe it's this weekend, is Dakota Dozier. I mean, you know, as you're backing up uh, the starting five, so to speak, of this O-line, and, you know, you make a decision, you tag, you target a guy in Dakota Dozier, yeah. who the coaches have a familiarity with, and he comes over, you know, whether it's Brett Jones and, 
you know, a long list of reserve-oriented offensive linemen. Dakota Dozier, I just anticipated that he was going to be one of your number twos, and he was going to slide into the mix. I've heard nothing but crickets. No, he is. Uh, he played a ton in the Seattle game. Um, he played a lot. I don't have his uh, play count, but he played he played more at tackle than anybody in the game. Uh, he was left tackle after Reef left a majority of the game. So, but but you know, as as I said during the game call, he's a guard by trade, and and that's maybe where we'll start seeing him this week. Here's the OC. For your view, what you've seen of both uh, your backup quarterbacks in camp and in the games? So I think the guys are working really hard. I think the production from our quarterback position has been good these first two ball games. I, I like what they're doing in terms of uh, getting us in and out of the huddle and running our system. I think Sean had a nice two-minute drive there at the end, which was really good to see, especially coming off a, a uh, interception for a touchdown. And then I think Kyle at the end there was productive, had that group moving up and down the field, which was, again, good to see. And then Jake Browning, I know he didn't get in that game last uh, week, but this evaluation includes this practice field as well. So I think but all those guys are, are working really hard, and we're just looking to take another step forward this week. What do you feel like most about um, especially the catch and run in the last game and just how he's really trying to you know, give it all he has this last few weeks? I think Coach Zim hit it yesterday. He's really worked hard out here, and I appreciate that from that kid. From where he is this moment, from back in, from the spring, the, it did, just didn't, the switch didn't just turn. He's worked at it. So he's spent some time with Coach Paul Amalu. You see him out here in the practice field flying around, and he's working hard on special teams. So it just goes to show you when you apply yourself and you're in the meeting room working real hard and out here working hard, some good things are going to happen. I think Coach, Coach Zim puts a huge emphasis on special teams, and it's it's the old, the more you can do. So our offense, certainly I'm in charge of the offense, and but I'm definitely encouraging those guys to be great on special teams because that's a message right from Zim and I think it just is another example of having three phases offense defense special teams doing their part to win a ball game so we certainly put a ton of emphasis on it in our room uh, because we know how important it is. John talked yesterday about playing with a short memory so how important was it after throwing that interception to bounce back and lead that touchdown drive? That was huge and I you know I'm not happy that happened but I was happy that it happened in preseason game number two we can learn from it as an offense. He can learn from it. And then you said it. The kid bounced back and led a perfect drive the next time out. So that happens in the course of a ball game. It happens in the course of practice. You'll have a bad rep, and you really have to move on. We don't have time to think about it. So I was proud of how Sean bounced back from that. Look at Irv in the preseason. How do you feel like he might be able to fit kind of that hybrid wide receiver tight end role uh, this season? I think Irv, like a lot of our guys, has some versatility, and that's so important to us to be able to line you up around the formation. And Irv's one guy of many, and, and really I'd include all those tight ends in that room. They're going to have to be able to be split out wide, do some work from the backfield, do some work from the line of scrimmage. You know, Irv specifically made a few plays in that ball game in the past game, and it's just going to be a 
constant emphasis for him to just keep getting better run game, pass game, and pass protection. Instances where you got a guy that you know he's not going to make the roster, but you're pretty sure you want to keep him in the practice squad, where maybe you won't give him as many looks. A probably skill position guy would have to be not as many looks in the preseason game because you don't want anybody else to see it. I think each situation is probably unique in that regard. I will just tell you, we've gotten such good work here versus our defense. So the evaluation of these guys is ongoing. It occurs out here at walkthrough. It occurs in the meeting rooms. This week is good because we get to see our young guys, what type of information they can retain. So the evaluation is all-encompassing, including practices and games. Kevin, are you getting a pretty good idea of the kind of personality that your offensive line as a whole possesses? It's a dangerous question, personality of those guys. They're a, that's a unique bunch. But I think, number one, that group has to reflect our mentality as a team, Coach Zim's mentality, I think it does. That's a tough group when you talk from uh, top to bottom in that room. So personality's pretty unique in there. I don't know if I would survive a full season in that, off in that offensive line meeting room. They're pretty tough. But those guys, I, I like the way they get out here in practice, and I like the way they battle. Josh Klein added to the mix this year. A veteran presence, a guy who's won football games, won a, a world championship, and uh, he's he's really working hard. I think you see a skill set that matches what we're trying to get done, but certainly fits in real well, real well with that group. Time for two more. They've been maligned for so many years. Even if they're new, they know the reputation. Does that kind of play into maybe the personality they have something to prove to and this is a time to change the perception? I don't think so, Don. I think year to year in this business, things change so much, and we all of our focus is on this year. We don't spend a lot of time talking about previous year or years. It's just hard for us to keep to succeed by doing that. So we have blinders on, and I think those guys certainly our sole focus is what we have to do in 2019. That is Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, chatting Vikings football. We'll be right back. It's PA. Lifelong listener to your show, and I'm also a Vikings fan and an alcoholic. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. Truncated segment, 9 to noon, calling the Twins Clubhouse about uh, 10 minutes from now. Then the Burke bit in studio, that takes place at 11 o'clock. Uh, the day in front of uh, 9 to noon, heading to the Great Minnesota Get-Together. Uh, Timberwolves coach Ryan Saunders joins at uh, 9.30 on site. Gophers head coach P.J. Fleck on site at 10. And uh, the techie Aaron Gleeman on site at 11 o'clock. Of course, we uh, mix in Minnesota Vikings football during the course of the uh, run. I didn't mention it earlier, early in the week, but um, you know when 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 it comes to former Vikings punter Greg Coleman and special teams, he during the course of the uh, Sunday night broadcast was pretty impassioned late in the game about not being a fan of wide receiver Chad Beebe as a holder for kicks. And I'm not going to go down the road and make an all-encompassing prediction that Chad Beebe will be Dan Bailey's holder when we play Atlanta but I'd make it favored, and I'd probably bet on it. And and since, since BB has become Bailey's holder at practice and subsequently in, in, in the most recent game, 
the kicks for the most part have been better. The bat the, the battery with cutting to BB to Bailey has been working out pretty well. So I like it. Something he did at Northern Illinois for for at least several years. Greg brings up, well, what if what if he gets hurt? You know, he's a wide receiver who takes hits middle of the field. What if he gets hurt? Then what do you do? Had a hamstring issue uh, issue last year. Left him out five games. That uh, that is a very very good point because like if if BB's going to be the holder and and Corey Vedvik the punter, Matt, then Matt Wiles not going to be on the team. So now if like it's definitely something that needs to that needs to be thought out and will be thought out. I would imagine by the team. So they, you know, maybe under the cover of darkness, when when media is not at practice, they undoubtedly would train somebody else in just in case that happened. Uh, Twins baseball from the clubhouse. Dustin Morris, Paul Allen, KFAN Radio, on the radio. Matinee game, I thought I'd cold call you and, like, bum rush you on the radio again. You got time? I do. I do. I was just in a conversation with Sergio Romo, actually, talking about uh, how he gets guys out. So he's always entertaining and kind of wakes everybody up here in the morning. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk. Can, can, can I, and I'm clomping, can I introduce myself and just ask Sergio Romo one question? You want it uh, real quick? Hang on, hang on. Real quick. Hello, Sergio. My name is Paul Allen. I'm on a radio station called KFAN. We're live. I called Dustin before matinee games. I just have one question that I'd like to ask you. If you have a second. Yeah. Good morning, Papa. What's up? Yeah, I'm in. The um uh, the slider that's like a frisbee. So, I mean, we've seen it through three World Series. We see it here. Like, how how did how do you do that? Like, when when do you know that slider is unbelievably good? Uh, when when did I know it was yeah. good? Or when when or like I don't know. Well, um, I think once I, well, 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 I, uh, I guess it's kind of hard to answer in a second in in, in a sense because. In 2007, when I hit high, uh, from 2006 and 2007, uh, going into 2007, something happened. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what or whatnot, but oh. uh, uh, I, 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 it just, you know, it wasn't like an overnight thing. But maybe I turned a corner, you know, physically, or uh, maybe I, you know, mechanically, I turned a corner off or something, or even maybe I just got stronger, you know. Uh, but uh, I think it was like 2007, I started getting compliments on my breaking ball that I hadn't gotten before, you know, other than just being able to throw it for a strike, you know, because I've always had a, like a slurve, you know, like a big loopy one, and then yeah. learning, figuring out how to manipulate it, though, that's, you know, I think it was it kind of happened in 2007, and then uh, I think once I got to the big leagues, you know, uh, Mark Gardner was bullpen coach, and uh, uh, Dave Rigetti, pitching coach with the Giants, they... They were. They talked to me about pitching all the time, and when you know 
they were mentioning about subtract adding and subtracting on on the slider and you know uh, being able to shorten the movement kind of make it you know bigger and loop you know learning how to differentiate between a shorter harder one a bigger loopy one and one that has a little bit more depth and I turned I was pretty fortunate to find out that I turned one pitch pretty much into three Sergio I got to share with you man and I don't want to take up your morning that that is one of the most interesting comprehensive answers to a sports related question I've received (laughs) in my 20 years of working in this market and doing radio and and two things a for that I thank you secondly I'm old school man I'm 53 you mentioned the Mm -hmm. name Dave Rigetti Oh my God! He might have had the best pickoff move in the history of baseball. Are you aware of that? Oh man! Okay, so I, I don't. I think most people would underrate the arm that he had too. He threw. He had a cannon. If anybody sees him throw off the stadium too, <laughs> that thing is awesome. He was a great human being. Holy cow! I love that man. Yeah. You, um, so um, I got. I got to sneak in a third one. Uh, I was a racetrack announcer for five years in Northern California, Bay Meadows, okay. and Golden Gate Field. So I lived in San Francisco. Uh, on the corner of Hate and Broderick for like three years. Did you um, did you get to hate Ashbury? Did you enjoy Russian Hill? Did <laughs> did did you have some Stromboli at Little Joe's? I mean, did you really enjoy the city? I tell you what, Little Joe's is still a, fam- uh, a family favorite. I still live in the city in the off season, so wow. uh, it's very easy to make the home there. Everything is so accepted out there, and uh, it's so diverse too. It's, it's and plus, I mean. Uh, my lady's from there, her family's from there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's it's all great, you know, and uh, I still get treated extremely well. Wow. People, you know, I'm walking down the street, and say, hi, you know, like, people just walk up, shake my hand. Uh, little Joe's, you know, I go over there, and I get the Alfredo, the ch- chicken Alfredo, and then oh. I also get the uh, the raviolis, they're pretty, they're pretty bomb there, too. Um, but there's... Uh, other ones that see like La Taqueria down on 25th and uh, Mission. Uh, we yeah. can do Farolitos on 24th and Mission. And all these, there's uh, all the bakeries and whatnot. And then uh, it did trust me, Mitchell's ice cream. We we can we can we can talk all day about the city. Oh, Mitchell's ice cream, <laughs> Mitchell Brothers. You know, you get to <laughs> you get to the other side of the bay. You got Everett and Jones Barbecue. Last one, yep. and then you like cruise yep. through the sunset. And it, it's like the Sunset District is like one of the most peaceful parts of all of Northern California, you know? It's just pretty straightforward. Pretty, you know, you go in there and you see what you get. And then, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot there in that area, too. I mean, for, for being, you know, a little bit of a smaller part, yeah. there's, your, there's a lot in there. Your slider reminds me of those playing Frisbee at Golden Gate Park. I mean, that that's what it looks like. It looks like a hard <laughs> Frisbee coming into right-handers. Hey, I'm a huge fan. Um, glad you're on the team. Best of luck to you today, the rest of the way. And if you could give the phone back to Dustin, that'd be great. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. Yeah, thank how about, you. How about that? Holy cow. That's Sergio. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, it was going to be one question, Dustin. He gave me the most in-depth, comprehensive answer I think uh, I've I, ever I, received in the history of PA and Dubay and, and, and uh, the Paul Allen Project. Yeah. Uh, I wish you could see him. He's a pacer too. He's walking all over the place with these animated, moving his arms all right. Little little known fact about him: he was actually inducted into the uh, Augusta Green Jackets Hall of Fame yesterday. <laughs> really? Single A affiliate of the Giants. So we were working on his speech. Yeah. D- Dustin, Dustin, you know, I think honestly, I mean, because we've just known each other so long, um, you know, g- given we are going to win the division, we will be in the playoffs, and 
Sergio, Sergio and I naturally had that Bay Area, San Francisco, Haight Ashbury vibe with each other because I lived there and, and worked there for five and a half years. Uh, I, I may need to get with Uncle Jimmy at Continental Diamond and we may need to make a play here for like every so often, nine to noon with Sergio Romo. Uncle Jimmy gets involved and everybody's happy, if you know what I mean. I think it's a perfect fit. He's a entertaining guy. He's wow. always got something to say, and he has fun. I mean, he's all smiles right now. I, I just wish you got a camera on. It's probably a reality show, to tell you the truth. So yeah, I got you. He's I, one of the good ones. Yeah, he's I got to get vibe in that club. I got to get Uncle Jimmy involved in this. Um, um, anybody else by you? Hey, Gibby's looking at me like, who am I talking to? He says, "PA, call you again." So oh, Gibby wants to say hello. Oh, okay. Hello. Hey, uh, Kyle, Paul Allen, how are you? <laughs> PA, what's up? Uh, you know what? I was listening to you on the radio driving in this morning. Okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad it wasn't Tuesday morning because we had the three run shot, and I just, I mean, you're like my yeah. guy, and you're one of my favorite guys, and it just, I mean, but here I am in the microphone business, and of course, I'm not going to rip anybody. I just don't do that. But I'm like, no, three run shot, Jose Abreu. That's my guy. I know. What happened? I know you. Uh, you got to speak facts, and there's nothing wrong with speaking facts, but. Uh... Man, one pitch. Other than that one pitch, I felt pretty good, but uh, wrong pitch at the wrong time. But, hey, that's, uh, that's how it goes. Gibby, um, I just met Sergio Romo. I mean, it's – Yeah, what a guy, huh? Well, it's – it's. I don't know, man. It's like I just – now all of a sudden I'm all spacey and just like like I'm thinking and I'm tangentially. I'm just like going a, a million different directions, you know? Hey, he he makes your brain work. You know what? He comes up with some deep thoughts and some wisdom, and he really uh, – he gets you thinking about life really quick. Hey, um, that Nelson Cruz home run last night, I mean, good for Kepler. I'm glad Polanco's hitting again. I mean, it's an up-and-down game, man, for pitchers, hitters, whatever. And, you know, Polanco struggled a little bit. Now he's starting to mash again. But Nelson Cruz, just every single game, continues to blow me away. Yeah, he's just really consistent uh, with his approach, with his swing. His bat stays in the zone such a long time. So that's why when you see him hit one to right, you know, and, and burn it off the wall, and then he can – you know, pull two of them down the line. His bat just stays in the zone for yeah. such a long time. So he has a lot of different pitches he can hit in a lot of different locations at a lot of different speeds. And it's pretty impressive. So I'm glad I'm not facing this. Gibby, sure. Gibby, the um, the charity bit was at Capitol Grill, right? Yeah, that's tonight. Yep. Is it tonight? I thought you had one within the last couple of Sundays. Uh, we did. We had a Top Golf a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the Capitol Grill tonight. Oh, sweet. What, um, so when fantasy, fantasy football on Friday, that'll be a good one, too. You got a fantasy football draft? Yeah, yep. If uh, you, um, fantasy football draft with Big League Impact, it'll be fun. I got a tip for you. You ready? Let me hear it. I'm going to help you through the first four rounds. You ready? First four rounds. I have the number four pick. Tell me who you want me to take. Oh, it's absolutely perfect. Here's how you go. Yep. Per- first round, Adam Thielen. Second round, Stefan <laughs> Diggs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, go ahead. First Adam round, Thielen, first round. Yep, second round, Stefan Diggs. Third okay. round, Dalvin Cook. Fourth okay. round, Kirk Cousins. Can I do okay, anything I else might, for you? I might have to take Dalvin Cook earlier in the third round. I don't think he's going to make it there, but I would love to have all three of those guys in my roster. Uh, Gibby, from a um, uh, from a serious standpoint with football, uh, getting to know you as well as I have, uh, you better um, uh, your favorite team better get that quarterback right, or that um, I know, or that I mean, man. no Andrew Luck, man. Potentially, I like Jacoby Brissett, but seriously, Andrew Luck's the bomb. I mean, when he's healthy, he's a top five, you know, guy. You know, oh. he. Uh, but they have an offensive line that can keep him upright this year, so hopefully, you can get that ankle work on 
and uh, that'll help them stay upright. But man, they've got some they've yeah. got some weapons. Bringing in Funchess and and having T.Y. Hilton, both those tight ends that are dynamic. Yep, they uh, they could be pretty good if he can get over this ankle thing. Okay, uh, three sneaky names for you, and then we're done. Um, three sneaky okay. names. I don't know where they're yep. going to be drafted, but I just I have big big fantasy related opinions on L.A. Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. Remember that. Okay. Hunter yep, Henry, um, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett. Already uh, on my radar for okay, sure. You might Absolutely. have to, might have, yeah, you might have to get him a little higher than you expect. And um, yep. and Chicago Bears rookie running back David Montgomery. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Keep uh, keep David Montgomery in mind. Uh, you're the best. You're my guy. Uh, best of luck in your next start. Give the phone back to Dustin, please. Thanks, PA. Here you go. See you, bud. PA. Yeah, so um so yeah, I mean I, I sent the initial text to Uncle Jimmy at Continental Diamond just in case we win the division and get to the postseason. The uh the Romo deal on all levels is done. So we um you know, it doesn't have to be a weekly or every other week thing or whatever, just occasionally, but I don't want to gravy train that unbelievably cool personality without having something to give, okay? Well, you know what, Sergio's got a lot of piercings, so I think he'll he might he and Jimmy might connect on some some new earrings and things. So, yeah, tacos with Sergio and football with Jimmy. I guess that was a pretty good pretty good morning. Uh, so best uh, checking in with us. Best of luck today, Giolito's no free pass. I mean, I know it's Major League Baseball. The one you had to beat last night was Lopez, and you guys killed the team. Monday was tricky. Just chatted with Gibby about that and the Abreu L. Uh, but this uh, this Giolito today, Dustin, he struck out 24 of the last two games. He's on his game. This is no free pass today, and we need to win. Well, we got the Bomba squad. The guys are loaded. Cage, I hear uh, I hear the balls flying down there. So I think we're in good shape. We're ready to roll, and uh, hopefully it's a big crowd, too, and a, a, just a great day at Target Field. So let's have some fun and get a win. Appreciate you, bud. I'll call you soon. Right. Have a good day. Good luck to the squad, okay? Thank you, P.A. Uh, Dustin Morse, uh, senior uh, senior director of communications for the Minnesota Twins, long-standing card-carrying member of the Love Covenant. Uh, yours truly met uh, young Dustin many years ago at Canterbury Park, where I was calling races. He, um, I don't know if he was just starting out with the Twins, but he like just came here or something and struck up a friendship. Now, uh, now he's in a, a really cool role with the Twins, and uh, we are very, very. Lucky, fortunate, privileged, and uh, sports-related blessed to be able to call him in the clubhouse days of matinees and have him pass that phone around. And I mean the the Sergio Romeo Romo bit today. Hold, on, I gotta listen. I, I, I'm not really a big podcasting guy. I need to listen back to that Romo answer off my long-winded diatribe where I couldn't get the question out because I was nervous about when he knew his slider was good and how did it become a frisbee. I mean, he got into not only analytics, he got into like science and yeah, and like a metamorphosis of life and and in a roundabout way, two thousand seven, a higher power overcame my shoulder and my elbow, and he took us through the pitching version of when a boy becomes a man. That's basically what it was. <laughs> pitching puberty is what we call it. Though. Pitching puberty, Sergio Romo. Oh, man, was that fun! All right, cool. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Twins. Back after this. It's PA. Remember one thing. Football's entertainment. It's not life or death. There are more important things in life than football. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. The Fan.
the Burke Pit. Matt Burke. Football feast. Nine to The Burt Bit. Just ran an a quasi-elite bit on the producer, Eric Nordquist. Got him. Burt Bit in studio. Uh, the the ever-emotional producer with a million things going on in his mind. You know, press conferences and Sergio Romo's eight-minute answer to a question. Clomps down the hall. People meters. Quarterly this, quarterly that. So uh, I'll sense when his potential face change is a little vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And then just in patented offensive line room-like fashion where we love each other and we tease each other, you know, I'll try to get, I'll try to change his face a little bit. So rolled into control room and said, I just picked up my fair passes and my media parking. And it's a, a special area for, quote, media, end quote. VIP. Quick in and out. And I told him, you know, you're, this is up to you to take care of it with Abbott, C-H-A-D-A-B-B and an O with a double T. But because of the occupancy and popularity of the media lot the first two days of the fair, they have you in the public parking lot those two days. And then the next week, you're in the media lot. Did you see... Did you see the shade of anger-related red his face became with that face change as I was executing said bit and good morning? Yeah, you were flawless, and and Nordov, all the all the he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. I mean, not only professionally, he's trying to keep this place going, but personally, you know, he's a husband. He's got he's got the girls. I mean, he's, he's trying to raise kids in this crazy world. He's got all these trying to going. move. And when you when you he's got he's got a window air conditioning unit. He's got to figure out what to do with. <laughs> and and when you said that nothing yeah, else nothing else yeah. mattered. It was like Christmas yeah. was canceled. Like I could just read it in his face. Yeah. You mean I have to park with the common folk in the public parking? He was not happy. What well, was there a face change? Yeah, there was a face change. Yes. If I get, if if I get stuck in the public parking line, I'm walking a half mile. Yeah, with equipment. With yeah, and the weight and the weight of the station on your shoulders. Honestly, it's the first show at the fair. <laughs> yeah, like now, the regular see, text messages from Clubfoot just harassing me. See the those from House Numfoot. See, they generally would put that bit on you. But see, he's been in some form of fair-related grinder all morning. Yeah, he's handling his own issues. Yeah, he's, he, yeah the corner offices, they, they have suggestions, they have grinders, they just, they're, they're going through high-end stuff right now. So the, the bit would have, given we're bit-trained here at the FAM, the bit would have been diseased and wouldn't have worked had I said, you can handle it with Sheikh Mohammed later, but you don't have a media pass for the entire fair. You're in the public lot. Yeah. Then it'd be like, Paul, you're bit trained. I don't believe you. Right. But to say that you just don't have it the first yeah. two days. The level of detail is. <laughs> but you have it next Correct. week. That got the face change, and your face became so red. Oh, my God, it was unbelievable. Like what we've talked about before, whether maybe it's kids-related, et cetera, we don't condone lying, but if you're going to lie, do it right. You did it right. You changed the face. But you're back. 
But I am back now. You're back. Because I got the media pass. It's all it's all good. The Burt Bit. Courtesy of No Name Steaks, Burgers, and much more. No Name Steaks, Burgers, and much more. Pick them up uh, at uh, grocery stores du jour and uh, cook them up tonight. They're fantastic. Very convenient. Very tasty. And, uh, in fact, you can flavor them how you want before you uh, before or during grilling them. Nine to Noon loves no-name steaks, mm-hmm. burgers, fish, and much more. And Burke Bits in the studio, Brian Heating and Cooling Studio. Speaking of the State Fair, it begins tomorrow. Nine to Noon is there tomorrow. Um, are you in any way excited to bring your kids to the State Fair, all 13 of them? And do you guys all do it at once or what? Yeah, no, definitely excited. Yeah, you got to do it as a family because it's the family get-together. Um, 15-passenger van. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's I, the thuggish, ruggish bone. I've told this story before. I have very fond memories of the fair. Fond, but no, looking back, you know, I realize how much better my fair experience could have been. So, so I had an uncle, Mark Burke, who, um, God rest his soul, but worked at the fair for many, many years and was uh, was a fantastic guy. And, was he a carny? Uh, he was not a carny. He was not a traveling carny. He actually worked for the Minnesota State Fair and dealt with a lot of the, the vendors. So, uh, you know, roll in, uh, roll into the fair, get a little, you know, a little VIP treatment from, from Uncle Mark. Uh, and then my grandmother, who my, my, my grandfather lived on the same piece of land his whole life. There's, he was a farmer uh, about 45 minutes outside the city. My grandmother... It's just how it was for her. Her vacation every year, vacation, was she would go to the state fair and she would work in the 4-H building where all the 4-H kids stayed and stuff. Oh, yeah. So she would cook. Yeah. So she was she was a cook. That was her vacation. It's was where her. teats are milked. Correct. Well, that, that that's where the kids stay and then they go to the building oh, where the teats are milked. I got it. Yeah. So so we'd show up and uh, and and Bob Burke, my dad, is infinite wisdom. We'd always you know. Pretty early on, hit the milk stand, right? All you could drink milk back then, it was a quarter. Mm-hmm. This is great. You know, I mean, we always had milk, but for some reason, right, if you thought, well, I'm I'm drinking way more than a quarter's worth of milk, this must be a good thing. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. You're going to keep eating after you're full just because yeah. that's what you do. So Down memory lane we are going. So we drink all the milk and then have stomach aches, right? Didn't want it. Didn't want Prano <laughs> Pups or cotton candy or anything because our stomachs hurt because we just all drank a gallon of milk. Yeah. And then after that would wear off, we'd go to the 4-H building to see Grandma, and we'd get free lunch. Uh, oh, but it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't fair food. It's like, you know, meatloaf, mashed potatoes, good food, but yeah. that's not why you go to the fair. Got you. But, you know, and Grandma, she's on the farm, so she puts a plate of food in front of you. Yeah. You better eat everything. I mean, you're just about licking the plate, because you don't waste food on the farm. So then you'd leave 4-H building stuffed. Yeah. And then, like, 3, 4 o'clock, it was time to go home, and you're this like, awesome. I didn't have, I didn't get any of the fair food. <laughs> I don't, other than, other than parking and tickets, I don't, and the quarter for the milk, I didn't see my parents spend any money, which, you know, we didn't have much money, but, you know, good for, the, but it, it was, it was not the typical fair experience, yeah. but that was the routine every year, and, and it was awesome. Okay. So with the vast and ever expanding Burke stable, at 13 could be a 20 within the next nine years. You never know. How many in the Burke stable have cell phones? Uh, in the stable, not mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, Three, we're at, four, five. We're at five. Five? Five phones. All yeah. right. So if the Burke stable leaves the gate at once and like you're all doing the state fair handicap at one time, you just got to be careful, man, of with, with these millennials looking at the phones oh, yeah. while they're walking in a congested situation like that. Because that's how, like, man, a, a free flying elbow could cost somebody an entire bucket of Martha's cookies. Oh, I think I think walking and texting is it's it's 
it's a, it's a danger to our society, especially at an event like the uh, like the state fair. Yeah, you know, like you know, going during the day, we all know the fair is great. You know, at night, I mean, the fair can get a little it can, it can get a little dicey, it's right? A little dicey. I mean, when I was a kid, they could get a little dicey. I yeah. get it. You know, so you got you always got to. You got to be careful. Unfortunately, some of my girls are that age where I'm sure they'll they'll go to the fair at night, mm-hmm. you know, with their friends, which yep. not uh, not not exactly 100 percent down with. Yeah, no, no, the announcer hates it too. So, <laughs> what does the Super Bowl winner do with that? I mean, do you lay down the no? Do you you've instilled the rules, the trust? I can't remember what we did last year. I'm uh, sure we, we did it wrong. Gotta let uh, the Philly run. Yeah, I mean, you no, know, you do it. I mean, I have a seventeen-year-old. You know, she's. she's I got a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. Spe- speaking of parenting, can let I, the Philly can run. I, can I share this? So, I've kind of had this this unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. I guess I'm using that word. It's just been it's been crazy lately. Lots of uh, travel. I was I was on a retreat, and then I drove to Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh, nice! And turned around, came back. That's six hundred twenty-five miles. Spearfish, South Dakota, home of Sammy Newton. With the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, drove back and then, so been gone uh, a fair amount working, working on myself spiritually. So yesterday I have to go up to Brainerd. Good for you to give a speech. Yeah. So I told my boys, I said, jump in the truck. Three of them jumped in the truck. Yeah. Drove up, met a fishing guide in the parking lot at Madden's. Yeah. Who I'd never met before, and handed over my three boys, and said, I'm gonna, I got to go give this speech and 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 and. You know, do this deal here for three hours. Take yeah. my boys fishing and and bring them back. Yeah, and he did. I mean, it was great. But I mean, what do you think? What do you think about that as, as a parenting move? To I mean, I was a little bit desperate. Cause I've been gone a well, lot, so I just said, hey, yeah. hey, t- take you stranger, take these kids and. and but put, you're put not some leaving. Fish. You're not leaving the Colts with a carney. Okay, so therefore the whole thing is vetted out. You know, I'm sure that you're able to vet this thing out enough where then you just. You know, you, 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 it was a gut feel. Like it was a little bit desperate. I was like, yeah, gut. you know, I met the I'm guy, shook his turn, hand. I said, I, I, I trust him. Here you go. I'm not trying to turn this into the true hashtag faith hour, but the feeling will overcome you. Yeah. And you don't worry. You don't worry and you don't dwell. And there are reasons you don't because somebody else is in charge of it for you. And that's what you did. And so, it worked. So on the way home, I got to I got to close the loop here because I was thinking of Nordo on the way home. So, boys caught fish. Mm-hmm. I gave a nice nice speech to CHS. Uh, we're coming home. It's sort of like it's elation, you know. Boys are telling about these fish they caught. The way they're talking, you'd think it was a fifty inch northern. It was more like eight. Uh, they're all we we kind of get we're still we're still excited yet you know exhausted but too exhausted to be tired all that. So we stop at a Chipotle in St. Cloud. And it's kind of like when I used to play too. When I when I when I talk after I talk, I don't eat much before, and then afterwards I'm just ravenous. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Chipotle Nordo, crazy busy Chipotle right there by oh, St. Cloud State. Now and, you're in my wheelhouse. <laughs> and, and and I got the extra you know bowl, extra rice. I mean, she made it perfect. I mean, extra it was brown. it was huge. Yep. No white rice. I mean, oh, it was okay. it was probably a good three and a half four pounds. Whoa! Thinking, All right, this is good. This is good. Thuggish, ruggish bone. Ate the whole thing. I was like, man, I'm still hungry. Yep. And so my kids, we got the big cheese quesadilla, so I ripped oh. off a big piece of that. And then we had this big bag of chips. Here we go. And I said, you know, <laughs> I said, Nordo. In honor of Nordo. I said, Nordo told me. So one of my the boys, best. they get the bowls, they don't finish them. So yeah. I grabbed his bowl, and I started taking the chip and using it as the, edible, like the yeah. edible fork. 
in the in said bowl. Yeah. And it was fantastic, That's Nordo. Nice. Fantastic. Thank you. Well done. That's Thank you for changing my life, Nordo. Well no problem. Done. Well done, Nordo. I'll be 275 next time you see me. Yeah, if, if anybody knows something about overeating, uh, decadence, and ultimately really hurting their insides by uh, forcing too much food down their gullet, it's me. So trust mm. me, I will lead you down the right path. You, um, you, you in closing here, you mentioned getting in touch with yourself spiritually. Mm. Okay, now were you just saying that in passing, or were you like really? No, I went on a retreat. I, I this is the second year I did. I, we have, we bring a priest. I have a men's group okay. I'm a part of, and we we go out into the woods for yeah. two days. And- I went deep diving Sunday, and so um and it's it just we'll just end it like that. So I went deep diving on something like that Sunday, and it. The story, the the story. I believe it's John four. Okay, are you familiar with the the old school city Samaria? Mm-hmm. Okay, Samaria is, as I learned this weekend, the origin of Samaritan. Okay, a good Samaritan was a good person that originated in Samaria. I believe mm-hmm. it's called Samaria. And I don't know if you've read it, if you remember it, or whatever. It was a phenomenal story. The story about the good Samaritan. Well, the story about it has to do with forgiveness and about traveling light and and the burden of somebody's past. Mm. And and our spiritual leader purposely going to a place where let's put it this way, he was not welcome in Samaria and finding this lady who was at a well. Oh, the well, yeah. yeah. And right, the well story. And the difference between drinking the water out of the well and drinking living yeah. water and and where it goes from there. Uh, just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. If you haven't read it, uh, make sure no, you take a peek at it. Uh, some football with the Burke bit next. It's PA. You are one of the biggest suck-ups I know. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. Fan. Programming on The Fan brought to you in part by Quick Trip. And wake up, wake up, wake up. It's fantasy draft time at Crooked Pint. Register now to win a $150 gift card to Crooked Pint. Just go to KFAN.com, keyword contest. And if you call and reserve a spot for your draft party of eight or more at any Crooked Pint before week one, your league will get $100 in Crooked Pint gift cards for future visits. Cal Burkbit back in studio, crowd loving it. No name, steaks, burger, seafood, and everything else. Eleven twenty-three. Good morning. Larry Fitzgerald Jr. is here this weekend. 16th year from Pitt. Ball boy back in the Denny Green days, which means ball boy in Fankato with uh, Matt Burke back in the thuggish, ruggish bone days. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald Jr., Cinch Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a uh, In a what have you done for me now, everything needs to be super fast era. Uh, the appreciation for equity in a career like that—it's incredible. It's, uh, I have a lot of uh, professional respect for Larry Fitzgerald Jr. and how he's handled his business on the field. I think you just said the word that probably describes him best: professional. 
right? I mean, always takes care of his business on the field, mm-hmm. off the field. Look, let's face it, that's not a great franchise, right? Haven't had too many good teams down there. But uh, you, pretty good against you in uh, 03 when McCallum found Nathan Poole. Well, yeah, they were. Um, no, they actually weren't very good. We were just worse that day. Uh, <laughs> but um, just always, you know, never, never distraction, never scandal, never, never talks out of turn, says anything negative. Uh, so I, so, so down memory lane we go. I can remember vividly one point. I, I had reached the status of uh, of tenure with the Vikings, where I got one of the corner rooms in in Gage Hall, yeah, with the window unit like uh, Nordo has, and so it's a little bit bigger room. And and Larry was in high school. I think he's in high school. Yeah, um, young though, and he's he's in my room, and he said, "Man, I just, I mean, just tell me, tell me what it takes to play in the NFL. Just, just tell me." And he, you know, he's like he's like a little puppy dog, you know, just panting, like just wants to, just you know, get, just excited and and smiling and and I was kind of thinking to myself, man, I just wish this kid would get out of my room so I could just <laughs> lay down and do nothing, right? It's like yeah. in between two a days or whatever, and, right? And I just remember that that enthusiasm and that zest, and you know, you talk about, I mean, obviously he's talented, but for him to to do that and be able to to be around Chris Carter and Randy Moss and those guys and just yeah. watch those guys on the jugs machine. You know, Chris Carter was legendary on the jugs machine. Just every single day down the jugs machine catching balls. And I remember Larry would be feeding them in there to all the receivers after practice and Larry and his brother Marcus would be doing the same thing to each other. And then you look at you look at what it's become, how it's turned out and it's uh it's 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 pretty cool and 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 Larry all the accolades that that he's received and and will receive, I think he deserves every one of them. Deep dive hardcore football. Before the Vikings beat Arizona last year, I brought this up with you and and we I think one of the players we're about to mention, I believe is a former teammate of yours, Larry Fitzgerald Jr is in the conversation. And you presented Heinz Ward. So if I'm mentioning you offering up Heinz Ward, me offering Larry Fitzgerald Jr., and a former, I believe, Ravens teammate of yours who played wide receiver, what would we be talking about as maybe best ever at Larry Fitzgerald Jr., Heinz Ward? Yeah, you're talking about Anquan Bolden. Okay. Anquan Bolden and... Run blocking wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's why I'm throwing Anquan Bolden. Yeah, right. it's a run blocking wide receiver. Yeah, I brought up Larry. Oh, now I remember. Junior. Okay, I didn't know. I, did, I then, didn't know we were doing. Okay, and, and got then it. I, yeah, and I, I just went Samari on it. Um, <laughs> and and so then I'm I'm singing the praises of Anquan Bolden, yeah. and you were and you amplified it. You played with him, right? Oh yeah. And you remembered what he offered, like specifically when you guys watched up back. Larry Fitzgerald Jr. for my money is the greatest run-blocking wide receiver in the history of the NFL. And you were like, might be right, announcer, but I'd like to present Heinz Ward. You know, or or maybe... I think I brought up Anquan Bolden. I don't think and I, I brought up, up Heinz Ward. I wouldn't bring up Heinz Ward. You brought up Bolden. he nope. played for the Steelers. No, so, you're right. Yeah. You brought up Bolden. But Heinz Ward was... was and why I bring all this up, and, and why it truly is... Hardcore football. Is that stuff matters, man? It totally matters. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Not only matters like at the bottom line, where hey, the running back's running outside, he's got the edge. Is it going to be a six yard gain or is it going to be sixty? Right. Not only does it matter like that, but it matters when you as a as an offensive lineman or or if you're playing defense, and if you see a wide receiver that ain't into it blocking, yeah, he loses he loses street cred. Yeah, he loses street cred, and you get upset because you know every everybody's out there giving it. I don't say, I mean. Some positions are a little more physical or different, different in the type of physicality that they mm-hmm. require. 
you know, I know wide receivers take some big shots, and I'm not saying, you know, certainly it, it's tough and it's physical. But yeah, we we had a saying at Baltimore, and I tell I tell my youth my youth teams this all the time: if you don't have the ball, you're a blocker. Yeah, you know, I don't care if you play wide receiver; you're you're a blocker if you don't have the ball. So block your butt off for for your teammates, not just for your teammates, for your team. And if you, and if you're out there and you're just kind of just kind of doing it just to do it, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you lock into the guy and then you're kind of worried about getting rolled up on or whatever. If you're not really trying to move that guy and control him and get him outside or get him inside, your teammates see that and uh, and and they don't dig it. You know, uh, Berkey. Of course, you do. You're a Super Bowl champion. One of the toughest things for a defensive end to combat, in my opinion, is a tough, engaged wide receiver that goes in motion then stops, cracks you, and sets the edge. Mm-hmm. Because defensive end guy is standing up in a certain way, firing off in a certain way to beat a tackle and or a guard or a tight end. But when these differently built wide receivers who are tough, and Adam Thielen, quite honestly, is very good at this, they go in fast motion, then boom, it's timed up perfectly where they've stopped, it's not procedural, and boom, they stick you. And the play comes that way, and it sets the edge, man. That's cool to watch. Well, that's it. I mean, to run outside, you have to be able to set the edge, and and it's 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 hard to do. Um, it's hard to do one because now all these DNs line up so wide. Yeah, you know, to set the edge. In the business, uh, we call it wide nine. Wide nine, a wide nine. Thank you. Uh, the other thing is, so you just don't have many. The tight end position has become such a pass catching focus that you know all the good tight ends we talk about none of them are very good blockers you don't have the jimmy klein saucers anymore right you know we we ran the ball very well for probably a number of reasons i mean one when you have randy moss teams teams know that so they're they're a little less inclined to drop that safety down so quickly to offer run support but i always tell people one of the other things was jimmy klein saucer playing tight end he could he could reach he could reach a wide nine he could set the edge and control that guy and what, what it is is that wide nine so you get upfield and you 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 get upfield as as fast and as far as you can so that running back has to cut it inside and and most tight ends they might get position but then they get pushed back because the DN just overpowers them. Obviously it was it was the other way around with Jimmy and that's why I think we were so successful for so many years running the football was to have a guy out there that could set the edge. Yeah. It just it just it, it it gave the other team their defense a big problem because if you lose that integrity on the edges uh, as a defense, you're screwed. I'm not. Um, I don't deep dive preseason games. Um, Me neither. Fr- from an all twenty two standpoint, certainly the way I do regular season. But I wanted uh, Bursich came by the Vikings Entertainment Network yesterday, uh, where for Vikings game plan, a show we have that uh, airs on Fox Nine and Fox Sports North this weekend, we debuted some film study of Kyler Murray because he's that dynamic, and and we watched some. Oklahoma film, and then like three plays from his two preseason games. Then, then I like watch some more on my own. Uh, when you when you watch young Kyler this weekend, if if it's only and he's probably going to play a majority of yeah, the first play half. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean the the speed factor is unbelievable. Now the difference between him and your guy Lamar Jackson, I like Murray's arm markedly better. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be higher percentage, but I don't think he's going to be a 65, 66 and above guy unless a lot of it is short. And um, I'm not going to say he's faster than Mike Vick or he's faster than Lamar Jackson. He runs a different way Mm -hmm. where Lamar, your guy, has a tendency a little bit to put his head down and he's bigger and he just pedaled to the metal and, and he's really difficult to stop. Kyler more as much if not more so 
than a younger Russell Wilson, he is going to be the legit, he will run for 40, or he will throw it for 60, and you better be careful, you know? I think when Kyler's on the run, I think what you're describing is he might be on the run, but he's he's probably still looking to throw it. Like He can still keep his eyes downfield, and if he, if he sees it break open... He doesn't have to plant his feet. You know, yeah. he 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 probably prefer to throw it. Yeah. But where, where whereas Lamar gets if if protection breaks down, Lamar gets outside the pocket. He's he turns into a runner, right? I mean, he tucks that ball and he he's a running back. Yeah. Like like from 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 the word go, he's right. like I'm running this ball. You know, I think Kyler's one of those guys, a la um, like Russell. You like Aaron Rodgers a little bit where. You know, wants to drop back, protection's a little leaky. He'll run and then stop. Yeah. You know, he'll give his receivers more time to get open down the field. Yep. He's kind of comfortable sort of moving a little bit this way, moving a little bit that way. He's okay if it doesn't happen exactly how it was drawn up. If you gotta if you gotta sand lot it or playground it a little bit. Yeah. He's cool with that. I mean, from what I hear at and I'm not trying to sound like I'm an NFL insider, but I do know some people in Arizona. They love this kid's makeup. They think him along with with Cliff Kingsbury, you know, yeah. that's a great a great coach, a great a great match for him because Cliff's obviously bringing a lot of those same concepts that they run in college mm-hmm. uh, and that, that Kyler's comfortable with. And there it, there there will be a, a transition, but it's but it's it, it's less so I think with with the offense that that Kingsbury's putting in. So um, yeah, it'll be it, it will be fun to watch him. Um, obviously, you know, against a very formidable foe in the in the Vikings defense, and um, you know. And Berkey, if, if you're an Arizona fan, you can't miss on two quarterbacks in a row. So he's he better be the truth. Berkey, absolutely agree with you. And it's a process. It's a non-playoff team. Okay, their offensive line still needs a lot of work. Their defense isn't very good either. Yeah, yeah, right. And and it's like you know Patrick Peterson is suspended six games. Yeah. Chandler Jones, I, I love Chandler Jones, but he's in the second half. So on and so on and so on. Um, Terrell Suggs. However, I mean, T-Sizzle's right at the end, but now, how about that? How about this retirement job he gets? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he li- he's from, he's, well, he's born in St. Paul, but grew up, he's like from Arizona. Yeah, he's just not going to go home. Has lived there for years, even when he played with you, so he gets to play his final year probably yeah. in Glendale for the Arizona Cardinals, that, and it's well worth it. He's there for leadership and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, as they- yeah, we won't see him Saturday, but let me, let me put you on this. Uh, when you watch the game, and I suggest watching the early stages of the game, if, for whatever the reason, from a Minnesota Vikings standpoint, you come out of this thing sleepy, okay, it's a noon game, so now we're all getting, you know, they're all getting there super early, warm up super early, first noon game of preseason, uh, it's been hot training camp, whole thing. If they catch you with one of these gotchas, because they got gotchas, they're just not showing them a lot in the preseason from what I understand. They got this Rookie receiver from UMass, second-round pick. His name's Andy Isabella. I loved him into the draft. Wow. It's a wide receiver from UMass. UMass. Berkey, he had a game against Liberty. Now, granted, there's a fat L in Liberty, <laughs> but, just, but you still have to close on it, okay? He's the only receiver in the history of college football at the... At the, um, at the at, Nordo! 1AA. What's the higher level, FCS or FBS? FC, uh, FCS is secondary. Okay, at the FBS level. To have more than 300 yards in a game and fewer than 10 catches. Against Liberty with a capital L for UMass, nine catches, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, but more importantly, he goes in the second round. So you don't take players in the second round unless you got a lot of great intel on them. He's 4-3, he's from the slot, and if you're sleepy 
and they block it up a little bit. Hey, I watched him. One of the plays I watched was from um, their third quarterback. Can't remember his last name. It's Chad something. 59 yards over the top on the Raiders. Effortless. So be careful this weekend because you might be on the wrong side of this Andy Isabella L. Is Andy Isabella the greatest athlete to come out of UMass since Marcus <laughs> Camby? Or since Edgar Padilla? The best. <laughs> Edgar <laughs> Padilla? Mid-90s UMass basketball. That was the last time they were a blip in the I got another one for you. world. So, yeah, Murray's fun to watch. David Johnson, when healthy, the bomb. Yeah, David's great. Fitz moves the chains. They got the second-year wide receiver named Christian Kirk who can play. And Isabella's fast as bleep. <laughs> Um, and they're two tight ends, Ricky Seals-Jones and uh, former gopher Max Williams. So, yeah, I agree with you on the Kingsbury bit. I think it's a fat L this year, but I see what they're doing here. Now, how about how about the serendipity, the serendipitous approach to the NFL draft like five years ago for Arizona, okay? they This intel is accurate. They head into the draft, 20, let's say 2012. 12, 13, 14, no. Whatever year David Johnson came out. Yep. 14, 15, 16. So I'm just going to say this. I've heard, I, heard, I heard this story this weekend. But, okay. But tell it. I heard it. This is, this is amazing. Involving this is a current Vikings running back? Yes. Unbelievable. Un- it's true. Un- you heard this too? I heard it this weekend. Are you from, kidding me? Yes. I just heard it yesterday. I, okay. It there, wasn't, I know it wasn't from the same person. Here's that the wasn't deal. In town. Here's the deal. So. Your Cardinals yep. are all frothy over Amir Abdul. Love them. Nebraska. Second round. Lions have the 54th pick. We have the 55th. Since we're going to get Abdul at 55, he's under the radar bit or, or whatever. He's going to go around there, but we're going to get him. Lions snipe Arizona. So then they're like, Bob. So they didn't want to take any run. There were seven running backs drafted, I think, in the first three rounds or, or in the whole draft or whatever. But they didn't want to reach for one with fifty-five, so or or the next one or whatever. So they're like, we're going to wait. Eighty-sixth overall pick, they get David Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about serendipity. They're all in on Amir Abdullah. God bless Amir. He's life and death to beat Mike Boone for the RB three on this team, and and he already's been cut once by a team. And then you get David Johnson, who missed a year because of a dislocated wrist. In his second year, David Johnson had 15 consecutive games with at least 100 yards from scrimmage, tying somebody named Barry Sanders for a National Football League record. So how about that? They they want Amir, get sniped, end up with David Johnson. Well, you just that's that's, that's the draft, right? And David uh-huh. Johnson is an amazing backstory as well. I would encourage people to go. Uh, read about it because it's uh, it's incredible and yeah. you know I mean I guess you know just looking at at just talking about the Cardinals Look and, this, and Fitz and David Johnson you know yeah. sometimes there's a lot of good guys on that team it's a team yeah. that you could you kind of you you know you, I mean for whatever reason you just kind of you kind of root for him you kind of root for when, him um, and it turns around hey Nordo yes sir when is Burke bit at Clomp with nine to noon. Uh, a week from today at 11 a.m. Oh, sweet. Wednesday at 11 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I got, uh, I know, I know you're, you probably have a speaking engagement at 11.55, a supplemental income, though. I have, um, I got a million things I need to share with you, so I'm going to save the sheet, but I'm, I'm going to end it like this. Now, now that, and this is not, you know, past performances in the preseason are not necessarily indicative of future results. In fact, they rarely are. But the more I'm absorbing, the more I'm reading about it, the more I'm hearing how they're handling things in Cleveland. Just as as loud as some of these guys mm-hmm. are getting, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously? And then I'm learning more about what they're doing in Pittsburgh. 
sans Antonio Brown. Hurt, hurt a grab down memory lane we go. It's like with Antonio Brown there, it's like their walkthroughs for practice are so much more effective now, and that's why their practices are good, because like they're now running 27 to 35 plays in the walkthrough before the practice where they used to run seven or eight because they had to wait for Antonio to get out to the field because he always was late. Mm -hmm. So that's like working really well there. Conversely, from what I understand, things on all three levels, offense, defense, and special teams, are so squared away with your Ravens right now. There is a quiet confidence with those Baltimore Ravens that go ahead and sleep on us. Go ahead and not recognize the majority of these speedy names on defense. Go ahead and look at uh, this quarterback's completion percentage and say it's going to be 57. It might be 61. Sleep on us. Um, I might pick your Ravens to win that division. I'm not kidding you, man. Well, I like, I, I, I agree with kind of where you're going with that. And, you know, God, Mayfield and OBJ are getting so loud. So loud. I'm, I'm an inch from rooting against them. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and hey, Baker Mayfield, that was last year. It was great, right? Comes off the bench. That one, I think it was a Thursday night game mm-hmm. against the Jets, leads them to victory. They take the Ravens to the wire last game of the year. Yeah. And so the Ravens, but here's the thing. You lost. I mean, for, 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 all, for all the good feelings we have and say, wow, that was a great rookie. You still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. You lost when it was when in that final drive, you threw a pick. Right. And so you can say, <laughs> you know, and I know it's Cleveland, right? Like in Cleveland, you're just looking That's for any, any flame yeah. in the abyss of darkness to yeah. latch onto. Like. Two nuns and a goat got off a train in Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, Jarvis Landry was awesome last year. You had OBJ. You're thinking Baker's going to be a lot better. Let me tell you something. You know, this is professional football. Everybody gets paid. Yeah. Everybody gets prideful. When you're running your mouth, mm-hmm. you're giving those guys just a little bit extra oomph. You know, now now it's not, hey, I'm just out here. I'm trying to do my job, help my yeah. team win. But now you kind of take it back to, man, it's like you're on the playground and that yeah. kid on the other team's talking a lot of smack. And, oh, I'd like nothing better <laughs> than to pick this guy off. You're giving them extra motivation. You're right. The Ravens know how to win. The Steelers know how to win. Cleveland, you don't know how to win yet. And it's a lot harder than you think it is, especially when you go through an offseason when everybody's blowing sunshine up your butt. Yeah. And now you're sort of embracing it and starting to, it seems like, believe the hype a little bit. You know what just happened for 41 minutes? We exchanged verbal living water. And the listening audience no longer is thirsting for football takes. We'll give them more next week, too. The Burt Bit. It's PA. Time for two more. Weekdays, 9 to noon on The Fan. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Weird Al. Tomorrow might very well be too late. Weird Al Yankovic bringing his strings attached to her to the Minnesota State Fair Grandstand August 27th. It's next Tuesday. Register KFAN.com. Make the keyword contest. For your shot to win a pair of tickets to the concert, as well as a pair of admission tickets to the Minnesota State Fair, KFAN.com, keyword contest. All right, Nordo, here we are. Yep. Uh, state um, Status of the, put a wrap on the shizzle, all done? Yeah, we're good. Cool. Um, here we are. Okay, four minutes to go on the radio show. And tomorrow... 9 to noon is at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. Yes, we are. We are at State Fair 2019. Uh, We are very, very excited, as I will share tomorrow. Uh, We are very excited to mingle, meet, stare at, embrace, fist bump, and stuff like that with hashtag faith family. 
Indeed we are. That's because, I mean, seriously, they're just... There are are there so many people for so many years that have supported KFAN, listened to KFAN, and you know they may just want a fist bump. They 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 may want a picture. They may want to copyright noon to three, tug at the garment hmm. of uh, of of Commonwealth royalty. Sure, it, whatever. I mean, we we all do the best we can to become one with Rube Nation. I do not like the fair. But I love the people at the fair. Those that listen to our radio show and will come up and say, hey, you know, this is what I like about the show. This is what I don't like. How you like the Vikings, et cetera, et cetera. Bruce yeah. Dark Gratterall. Yeah. This, that, and the other thing. I don't enjoy the fair, but I like the people at the fair. And uh, we have a great group that comes out and watches us every single year. So you it's don't, awesome. With, with, your, with your twin daughters, you don't enjoy the fair. Um, I enjoy them seeing new things yeah. and experiencing new things. It's the best. But without kids, yeah, I would never go to the fair. Yeah, I would do it like if, if I mean, the, the boy's 18. He's in Phoenix at Grand Canyon University. So God bless him, and, and, and let, let's become a man. Yeah. The girl is heading into her junior year at Holy Family, so now she's not necessarily going to be as interested in dad time at the fair, as mm-hmm. she was year after year. So now the friendship covenant comes into play with them hanging out there. So given you and I are there pretty much every weekday, you know, whether it's the flight attendant and I, you and I, or whatever, when, when radio show is over, spending two and a half, three, three and a half at the fair, walking around, sampling, going down the big slide, Taking the um, taking the 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 thing that goes over Carousel Park, yeah, whatever it's called. Let's call it like a gondola ride or something. Gondola ride, um, forty sixty dollars at the Midway. Yep. Eat again, chill. People watch. Done. Ah, that's yeah. It. That, no, that, I understand. That's it. So a w- a week from Friday, Mrs. Nord is bringing the kids. Yeah. And following the feast with you and Charch and Gleeman and everybody involved. Mm. That will be my dedicated day to do all of that. Sweet. And again, I I, I love watching my girls get excited about just about anything yeah. these days. It's really awesome. What's your stroller status? Uh, we're not using a stroller. They'll Good. walk. Excellent. Good. They're four and change now. They yeah. can suck it up. Got you. If I got to carry them for a minute, that's fine. Got you. But not much longer than that. They yeah. can they can do their own thing. Yes, sir. So I'm I'm pumped about it. No double strollers. Mm. No uh, weird wagon ride related bit this time around. So. Minimal terrorism from the Nordquist family, and yeah. uh, it'll be a beautiful time at the fair. All right, so for those of you coming to Carousel Park tomorrow, come say hello, please. And uh, at 9.30, Timberwolves coach Ryan Saunders is there with us. At 10 a.m., Golden Gophers football coach P.J. Fleck is there with us. And at 11, Aaron Gleeman, uh, the Twins techie, very popular in the podcasting world, along with uh, editor-in-chief at Baseball Prospectus. He's there with us then. If you're coming out Friday... The hair apparent. Well, what's PA in charge with Nordo? Football feast, first hour, no guests. That's how we have to do it. 10 a.m., hair apparent on Wild and Twins. 11 a.m., Miss Marnie with her fantasy football loving son, Grady, uh, with whom I chatted the other day, and he is ready to pepper <laughs> Paul Charchian with fantasy football questions and or knowledge. I love it. Those are the first two days. Great NFC North debate Monday. 
Monday, 10.15 a.m., Lavelle and Sinekin on site. Yep, so the great NFC North debate, which is generally popular for those at the fair that day, I handle the Vikings, Super Special handles the Packers, and uh, Wobble handles the division champions. That's Monday. All right, so talk to you all tomorrow from uh, the State Fair. Thank you for listening. Paul Allen, uh, Nordo, Rap Show. Thanks to Paddy Wagon, sponsors the 9 to Noon Show Raps, 61st and Nicollet, the Paddy Wagon. So I was sipping craft spirits down at Tattersall, staring at the wall. Next to my gal, I'm rather tall. Service time, blah. Does it really matter, Paul? The twins should inject a dose of Gratterall. September call-up, here comes a needle. He's on the sidewalk, taking a torch to a beetle. 103 on the gun, a bazooka for hire. He used a flamethrower to light the campfire. It's a nooner today, say hi to Giolito. Odor Rizzi slowly flashing back to Elite, though. We'll revisit this tomorrow when we're at the fair. Ten days of hell, but you make it worth it. See you there. Yeah, but nine to noon. <laughs> Next question. Personal foul. Clipping. EA. Time for two more. Managing the mood swings. Not much else to say. It's been a joy. Have a good night. If it's good news or money, leave a message. Podcast today's Paul Allen show, or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFI.